0: On this episode of the Heat Check, the new season is almost here. So we're gonna start giving the teams that we think are going to have the biggest leap forward and the teams that I see falling fast. Let's just do four. We'll get into the latest from around the league, including an update on the Dame drama that seems to never end and folks, it's a doozy. Lots to talk about, so welcome to my new producer, William. Go ahead and drop that generic ass beat that should be Rihanna. We're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to The Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. So training camp is set to start Monday morning. That is less than a week away. So I think we should start upcoming, previewing the upcoming season because it's right around the corner. By the way, where, where did the summer go? I feel like it, it's just gone, just poof. If you're Harden and your are Dame, you've been waiting, waiting for the phone to ring so you know where you're going to be suiting up this year. But if you're everyone else, you're just waiting for the balloon to go up. Um, so what teams are on the rise? And what teams do we think are going to take a big dive this year? So let's get into it. Never fear. Here are four teams that are on the rise and who you need to keep a very close eye on going forward. Let's start with the East, uh, Orlando Magic. Yeah, yeah, the Orlando Magic are a team on the rise. Even though they're a clown organization, even though I absolutely hate their PR guy, Joel, Joel Glass, they are they are living proof that if you are abysmal for long enough, uh, you can get draft picks that are good enough, that at some point a transcendent star is going to come around, and even you. Even you can't make the wrong decision. And that is now the story of the Magic. Because face it, they've now hired some good people from the Oklahoma City Thunder where they've got a game plan. But now Paolo has changed the fortunes of this organization. Uh, Even a blind squirrel could have known Paolo Banquero, who's like 6'8", 260, maybe, yeah, 6'8", 260. Anyone could have known that he was a game changer. 27 and four in his rookie year, showed flashes of MVP caliber play, greatness. The guy's going to be one of those assassins where he won't make one memorable play, but you look at the box score at the end of the game, and it's like 31, 12, and 7. He's going to do something like that every game. Going to be a sneaky good passer for his entire career. No real weaknesses in his game except for as a three-point shooter. Probably a little bit of hit ball handling, getting to the rim off the dribble. But that should come with time. And he's also six eight. Then you add in Franz Wagner, who was incredible for Germany. Undefeated gold medal in the FIBA World Cup run, his brother, Mo Wagner, who's actually like turned out to be no slouch. Wendell Carter, that's one hell of a front line, all under the age of 23. But now then, you add in the guard play, and that's where I get very excited. Incoming of Jawan Howard's son, Jet Howard, and Anthony Black gives the Magic now guards who are 6'8 and 6'7, respectively. And that is going to make a lot of small guarded teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers shit their fucking pants. That means they can field a starting five, all 6'7 and over. You add in Markel Fultz, who hopefully has put the injury bug behind him. You add in Jalen Suggs, and this team is very young. People don't even remember that Fultz is only 25. They're very athletic, and they could be a real problem. The nice part is that they still have pieces like Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, Agoga Batazzi, Joe Ingles. Not sure what Joe Ingles is doing there. I'm not <laughs> – I don't know. I guess it's got to be for trade chips. He, But he's there, and he could help a contending team so they can even load up on more assets and maybe even a veteran shooter. This team, in February and March last year, was 13-13. and They should be a lot more deep, a lot more experienced this season. So for me, the upside of the Magic is very high. The upside for the Magic is winning their division, especially considering that the Atlanta Hawks are a very strange-ass team that I cannot get behind. Moving forward, speaking of teams with massive upsides, I could not be more excited for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like this is if I didn't already have a team and I was – I was sent down from Mars to Earth, and I became a basketball fan. I would be the fan of the Oklahoma City Thunder. This is a team that is literally so good. They're so bursting at the seams with talent. They have to shed roster players that could actually play. They had to waive Uzman Garuba, who was a top 20 pick in 2022. That was a project that they would normally try to revive and shepherd. But there's no room for them. They got Sorry, we've already got 15 roster spots. And they are a team loaded with first-round picks to the brim. I don't even know how they're going to keep all of them. They have multiple in 2024, all guaranteed contracts. They're going to have to figure out a way to make some moves. They surprised a lot of teams getting into the play-in. We tabbed them last year as a breakout team. I think that they could be in a team in the top six. I think this is like the 2020-2021 Memphis Grizzlies team hungry, young, that is such a pain in the ass. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is unguardable. Uh, teams try to low-manage them anytime they see him on the schedule. That's because the core of this team is locked down, hard-nosed defenders. 2023, 2022-2023, Oklahoma's defense was awesome. Second in the NBA last year in points off of turnovers, in part because they were fourth in the league in steals. Shea and Lou Dort are... Absolute nightmares. As an aside, Lou Dort may be the largest human being that I've ever seen in my life that doesn't play football. You can see every muscle in Lou Dort's back from his t-shirt from 50 feet away. That's you can't even believe how big he is. And then imagine a small guard like, I don't know, Darius Garland getting guarded by him. Nuts. They average four combined steals and blocks a game between Shea and Lou Dort. And in the offseason, they added a bunch of talent. So I I think you add that to Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren, and man, this team is fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Holmgren fills their biggest problem, which was rebounding and rim protection. But the under the radar move that this team made was Vasily Majic, 29 year old Serbian superstar. EuroLeague MVP, widely considered the best guard not playing in the NBA. You add Case and Wallace, Keontae Johnson that came in the draft. Very exciting rookies. In some ways, the biggest issue is that they just have too many players. They have tons of roster spots like guys with Pokashevsky, Trey Mann, Uzman Jang, Aaron Wiggins, and they might find themselves as trade bait. Maybe you package four or five of them up for a legit star. So, I think as this Oklahoma City team gets better, they also have a stock cupboard that could be used to get a disgruntled superstar. Although a lot of people think that's next year when Sam Presti goes all in and probably tries to get Giannis. I think, though, it's this year. If Chet is as good as he is, as we think he is, and fits into this team's framework, and Chet can actually play the five, Oklahoma City is going to be buyers at the deadline. And let me tell you, their garage is filled with exotic cars uh, that aren't being driven, that have about eight miles on them, and they have more first-round picks to attach with any young player than you can even name any other team in the NBA. Watch the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're on the verge of being a real contender. Moving forward, another team I think that's on the rise that people do not talk nearly about enough is the Indiana Pacers. They have done a phenomenal job of rebuilding. They got off that Malcolm Brogdon contract so fast, uh, getting Aaron Niesmith. The origins of all of this, of course, was one of the best trades in recent memory for them, Halliburton for Sabonis, which made both teams really good, made them a lot better. Pacers obviously didn't even make the plan, but in terms of a piece that you can use moving forward, Halley is one of the best young players in the NBA. He's the flagstone of this team. And they've got talent beyond Tyrese Halliburton. They have Andrew Nemhard. They have Ben Matherin. Over the last 10 games of the season, Nemhard averaged, because people don't think Nemhard's very good. They just don't know basketball. He averaged 15, 3, and 8. That's pretty good. Really, really good numbers. While Benedict Matherin put up 21, 6, and 2, which were better numbers than Paolo Bancaro over his final 10 games. All of this is the reason that Pacers fans should be very excited. But then, then they have a full year of Jordan Aurora, who averaged 13 and 24 games as a Pacer. They add Obi Toppin and Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown coming off of a championship run. Gets absolutely paid. Gets the bag. Obi Toppin might not have stopped celebrating getting out from under Tom Thibodeau, even right now. I think both can be very valuable players. You add Ben Shepard, who played at Belmont, who some people think is actually the steal of the draft. A 2022 College Player of the Year, Oscar Toshibwe out of Kentucky. And you add Isaiah Wong from Miami. And you add Jairus Walker, who Jairus Walker in the Summer League was ridiculous. Number eight pick in the draft. And I can see all four rookies contributing this year, which is crazy. Plus, this team has tons of trade capital. Buddy Heald, who's on the trade block. TJ McConnell who's definitely on the trade block, going to be highly coveted by a lot of teams. And then you have Miles Turner, who signed to a long-term deal after being linked to every trade over the past four years, but it sounds like he's now wanted. It sounds like he is found a home in this iteration of the Indiana Pacers. He's a very unique player and was really a player that the Pacers never really quite knew how to use. And then you add more athleticism and a guard who can really pass than Tyrese Halliburton. And all of a sudden, Miles Turner becomes very valuable. Um, And I think Chad Buchanan is one of the more undervalued, underrated GMs in the NBA in all of sports because he's quietly building a team and a really fun and dangerous team in Indiana. I think he might be the league pass team of the year. And then finally the last of the rising teams that you got to watch out for, in my opinion, which I am as surprised as you are when I was going through the list of teams that I wanted to watch and teams that I think could take. I don't know if breakouts the right word, but they were really good in the beginning of last year until they stopped trying. They were the number one team in the West for like three weeks. I know that doesn't sound like a long time, but. It's three weeks. Insanely fun team. Just like Oklahoma City has a ton of draft capital to make moves because of the Rudy Gobert trade and the Donovan Mitchell trade. They were super fun last year until injuries took them by storm. Uh, Lori Markinen, Chicago, and wherever the fuck Laurie came from, Cleveland, both realized, oh man, we made a bad, bad mistake. He averaged 26, 9, and 2 last year. That was the best breakout season by any player in the NBA that vaulted him from a nice piece to an all-star in one year and I think this is the guy that you build around they now have other nice pieces that we know of Jordan Clarkson I think six man of the year type player that they're going to try to keep on keep hold of because they like him and he likes getting paid uh Colin Sexton I don't know what they're going to do with him uh Horton Tucker but the team really improved when they added John Collins that's when it got very interesting to me. You add John Collins, who has said very clearly he was underutilized and not being developed in Atlanta because he played with Trey Young. And you add him to Markkinen, Walker Kessler up front. That is a very fun team. Very fun big three to build around. And and I'm even more excited now, given this rookie class. You add Ohio State's Bryce Sensebaugh, who was. Widely considered one of the best shooters in the draft, if not the best shooter in the draft. Taylor Hendricks, who's 6'9", from Central Florida. Keontae George, from Baylor. Boy, oh boy, can Keontae George play basketball. He is fucking incredible. And then, second-year player, Johnny Juzang and Joey Hauser, who are both on two-way contracts. On top of O'Shea Akbaji, who averaged 16-3-3 over his last 10 games. This is a very young, very talented team. Trader Danny has done a great job of rebuilding this roster in less than... I mean, it's been 12 months since he took over. Like, a little little more than 12 months. And the interesting thing to me is that there's just no chance that he's done. He'll be a part of a lot of big trades moving forward. And a lot of that is going to be because of the Jazz's ability to take on salary in exchange for Draft Capital. And when it comes time, look for the Jazz to make a major move. Major, major move.